Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. All right, we have Amanda Fisher back today for part two. Welcome back, Amanda. What's up? Good morning. So if anyone hasn't listened to part one yet, go back and listen to that because Amanda talks all about how she runs her own business while having three kiddos and a husband that travels and a business that specifically all mamas should know about. So go back, check that out, check out the show notes for how you can reach out to Amanda. But today we have another super important topic, which is kids with food allergies. So why don't we... Again, I want people to go back and listen to part one, but in case they just aren't going to do that right now, can you give us a real brief reminder of who you are, your family, where you live, what you do? Yes. I'm Amanda Fisher. I'm a public floor physical therapist out of Kansas City, the Kansas City metro area. And I'm a wife and mom to three boys. And our middle kiddo is our food allergy kiddo. And I, for whatever reason, I mean, his... First couple of years of life were really crazy, not that it slowed down much at all, but decided to open a business within that time frame too. So it's just, you know, I like chaos apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about your kiddo. So Landon, why don't you tell us when did you first start getting suspicions that he might have a food allergy or might have something else going on? Yeah. I specifically remember at five weeks of age, breastfeeding him and him breaking out into little hives all over his body. And I remember calling the the nurse's line and just saying, hey, this is what it looks like. This is what's happening. And they responded as I'm sure lots of babies have. But you know what, Amanda, it's probably a heat rash. Why don't you just strip him down each time he feeds and he starts to break out because he's probably getting overheated and it should resolve. So fast forward, that was five weeks of age. I ended up nursing him after shots or some or before shots, maybe when he had four months, his four months checkup. Mm-hmm. And luckily the doctor walked in. So it must've been before shots and I'm feeding him and he's breaking out in these dots. And I'm like trying to unstrip him and feed him at the same time. And she's like, Oh my gosh, Amanda, this is a food allergy. And I'm like, Oh no, this is the heat rash they told me about, you know, at five weeks of age. She's like, this is what's been happening every time you nurse him. And I said, yeah, every time I feed him, this is what's happening. And uh, we just strip him down and then eventually it'll calm down. I've got him on an eczema lotion. We are seeing a dermatologist, blah, blah, blah. And at four months of age, they don't typically do, and this is, he's eight years old now, but weren't able to do a blood test until he was closer to nine months of age. But at that point, I just started taking everything out of my diet that we thought could be the top food allergens. So at that time, I was eating a lot of protein. So a lot of eggs, which we found out he was allergic to. I was making protein balls and snacking on them because they were an easy go-to grab, which at the time were peanut butter balls. And then all the other tree nuts, I think we ended up taking out 
dairy because he definitely had some gut issues. So it was off dairy, off gluten, which I had already myself have gut issues with dairy and gluten. And then basically was eating veggies and chicken, I felt like at one point. I had lost so much muscle mass, so much weight. I remember my khakis working at the hospital at that time, I could just pull them down because I had no butt. I was just thin. And around nine months of age, we got took him in to Children's Mercy here in Kansas City, did his blood work and found out he was allergic at that time. We had a sensitivity to the dairy and the gluten, but the allergies were eggs peanuts. And then um, they told us to seek a local allergist to then find out through this amazing guy. And I can't remember his name now because he's been retired for a while. But he a lot of peanut allergy kids, you've got five different proteins that kind of make up the food allergy. We tested positive for three of the five and not all kids, even depending on your variation of the proteins, doesn't mean that you need an EpiPen. We were right at the top of the line of needing the EpiPen. So the lowest number you would need for the EpiPen with our variabilities. And at that time too, it was very hard to get an EpiPen. There was a shortage and they were really expensive. And he had suggested to us too, to look at the peanut is part of the legume family. So the bean family, soy is also included in that. And since we didn't test positive for soy, but we tested positive for peanut. We also wanted to look at the bean side of it. And so we quickly found out he was also allergic to the bean family. So which makes up your black beans, your peas, your chickpeas. So thinking hummus, green beans, any kind of bean family. And then clover is also a legume. So that is honey, which honey is used, especially nowadays as a natural sweetener in foods. Yeah. So that was, I remember when you told me that I was blown away. I'm like, he can't have honey. I mean, there's so many things that it's so hidden in. Yes. And the the interesting thing with food allergies, like with the families, like people will ask like, oh my gosh, that has to be so hard. And I, I think back, like I think in the beginning, like anything in life, like the first time you start something, it's very overwhelming and it's challenging until you can learn to navigate it. It's like riding a bike, right? Like none of us, probably took off riding a bike without probably testing it out on training wheels first. And that's kind of the food allergy life. And then you make mistakes. Like I remember buying an Annie cinnamon bunny cereal, feeding it to the kids. They did great with it. Opened up a new box of Annie Cinnabunnies, poured him a cereal, his second bowl of cereal as a kid and him just full blown breaking out in hives on his cheek and his neck. And for him, it's his torso as well. And being like, oh my gosh, what did we change within this 10, 15 minute period? Mm -hmm. I quickly checked the milk, which at the time um, he could do dairy at that point and it wasn't the milk. So then um, quickly checked the cereal and two boxes of cereal. They had changed the ingredients from, oh from their cereal, from a rice base, I think, Cinnabunnies. Then they changed it to a chickpeas to make it more a different gluten-friendly cereal. But it's not on the front of the box at this point. And they had also added honey in for as a sweetener. So it had made our son, you know, completely change the reaction. But because that happens, like I remember feeling so guilty, but now it's like, no matter what we're buying, it's always check the ingredients before I purchase it in the store. And then I'm double checking it just to make sure we're okay in the house, just in case something got switched up. Um, maybe I missed it the first time. That is crazy. So literally the same item, same looking box, I'm sure. 
Yes. And I, at the time, my brother-in-law too worked um, at General Mills and Annie's was one of the products that they produced or they sold under General Mills. And he also is a food allergy guy, but he's tree nuts and fish. So I'm like, hey, we're dealing with the same thing you are. Is there any way you can talk to them about just put on the box like new ingredients, yeah. added ingredients? Right. I've started to see that now. So I'm hoping okay. that Good. can help more food allergy friendly parents or food allergy families too. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, I have a lot of questions with this. Okay, so yeah. first of all, so he was diagnosed really little. Mm-hmm. So obviously you had to change what you were eating when you were breastfeeding. Okay, so I'm thinking moving into toddlerhood. Plus you had, he has an older brother. Too. Mm-hmm. So did you have to just keep any of those items completely out of the house? Because I can't imagine like a four-year-old brother, you know, he's four. So having to keep certain things away from his two-year-old, did you just have to eliminate it completely? Or how did you do that? So originally, ironically, I don't know, this was probably a really dumb thing. But as I was taking food out, I had turned very plant-based. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeding my kids like black bean quesadillas to oh, have protein, no. right? Because yeah. you think... They need protein because you can have eggs. And so for the first, I would say seven and a half years of his life, we pretty much, maybe not that long. Last Thanksgiving was the first Thanksgiving we had green beans in our house Mm -hmm. because him at seven, it was an easier transition to be like, listen, we know you can be in close contact with the beans and not have a reaction. Peanut butter is a different story. But now that we're aware, this is what we've seen over you know the last so many years. This is what we can do now. Back when we had a toddler and an infant, it was easier to remove it all together. Yeah, we still sure. don't have peanut butter in the house just because as sensitive as Leanan is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when it came to green beans, black beans, I just started making hummus in the last year too. Mm-hmm. Just I knew I couldn't monitor. My kids are in the pantry especially during COVID at all hours of the day. And we definitely have sections of like land and friendly, land and friendly, land and friendly. And then we have more sensitive things. That's like, you have to ask mom if something's in this container. Yeah. So, um, and he's now more aware, but just like I said, like ingredients will change all the time that he knows. Like if mom has looked at it, it's on this aisle of the pantry. If mom hasn't looked at it, it's in this packaging and you've got to bring it to mom to ask. That's really smart. So, okay. So he, at his age now, so I'm just imagining, you know, him going from toddlerhood to young elementary to his age now. I mean, he's, and he's still little obviously, but did he ever go through a phase where he like tried to get into foods that he wasn't supposed to have? Or I mean, I can, I was gonna say, I can imagine a four or five year old's like, no, I want that, whatever it is. How did you deal with that? Oh gosh. He even went through this phase. And I just, if you know, Landon, he's our middle kiddo. He's a jokester. And he went through this phase where, and it was not around mom and dad. So it was hard because he would go in public and be like, I'm Jackson. I don't have the food allergy. This would be at summer camps. Oh, you know, no. dropped my kids off all day. I started though, we would pick up on this or if we weren't around him or even the grandparents forget, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. human. It was, we had to have his peanut bracelet on at all times. Okay. And then at summer camp, when he started trying to fool the people that I'm Jackson, I don't have a peanut allergy because he wanted the fun snacks that they would hand out. You know, it was like cheese and crackers, but I know the Ritz cheese and crackers also make peanut butter crackers. So they're in the Mm -hmm. same plant. 
And for him, he'll break out to that. So we had to start putting labels on his shirt that are on Amazon. They're washable leg up labels, but it would be like peanut and bean allergy, mom packed snacks. Hmm. And that would be on his shirt. Okay. Every shirt he would wear to camp just to help us out, making sure he was okay. But like those situations, though, we those type of camps were hard because kids would still bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Those ages, he was five and six when we went to that particular camp. The kids are eating peanut butter and jelly and then touching all the same things. So I would get a call probably twice a week, maybe three times a week saying, hey, Landon's breaking out in hives or Landon's having trouble breathing. Do you guys want us to do Benadryl or you want to go straight for the EpiPen? And so I would talk them through the Benadryl. And then luckily, we were pretty close to that facility that I could go grab him if we needed to. Um, But it was at least one or two times weekly that we would have some kind of reaction just to being in the same room and touching the same equipment as the kids that have the peanut butter. That is really hard because, I mean, how do you solve that other than... I mean, I feel like... as a matter I am... Well, right. We'll come back to schools in a minute. Tell you what, I'm going to hold that thought. We'll come back to schools in a minute. I distinctly remember, and I don't know if it was around the summer camp time, you came in one day and the kids had been on a field trip. And so for field trips, they can't obviously buy hot lunches. So they have to bring their own lunches. Yeah. Do you want to tell what happened to that story? (laughs) Yes. We were on a field trip and this, we sat down at a table I'm chauffeur. There's a volunteer chauffeur and I'm helping these kids unpack their lunches and realizing that the kid next to us has a peanut butter and jelly. The kid across this, the table has a peanut butter and jelly. Literally almost every kid at the table had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Two had Lunchables that were like the crackers and cheese. And inside I started having a panic attack because I know what happens when he eats that stuff. And I guess in my head, when it says it's a peanut safe classroom and a peanut safe school, I was under the impression we were free of peanuts at the school. So I went to the teacher and just said, Hey, can we shift over to a different table to eat? Because there's peanut butter everywhere. And she's like, yeah, go ahead and move over. And as soon as we sat down at the table, Landon just leaned over to me and said, Oh man, that was my first day I got to sit by my friends at lunch and eat eat lunch with my friends. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I sit at the peanut table at school, but I sit all by myself. And it broke my heart because this is April of his kindergarten year that I knew he was sitting in an area where he would be safe, like at a safe distance. But I didn't realize like nobody was sitting at his table at yeah. lunch when he eats. But yeah, that was... That was our first field trip experience. Does your school still do the peanut table? Is that how they still do it? We still do the peanut table. They say he's allowed to have friends come sit at the table at his age. Again, he just turned eight. He's still very much because we've not had beans in the house until the last year-ish that he still thinks if somebody sits at the table, which the majority of vegetables at school are a vegetable medley that has like carrots and peas or green beans in it, or black beans, refried beans, a lot of beans, because you get a lot of protein and they're super, right? So he is nervous to invite any friends over that have any beans on their tray. Mm. It's how he'll explain it. So he still sits, he's now in second grade by himself at lunches. 
and I actually walked with a neighbor last week on Friday and she said she saw him there at lunch sitting by himself. And it just, it breaks my heart a little bit because I wish he, he doesn't get to experience or isn't experiencing the same lunch times where you're talking with your friends and you're trading chips, you know, um, he sits there with, he is my only kid that actually eats all of his lunch because he has time to, I guess, cause he's not talking, but yeah, he sits by himself. <laughs> Do you have, so I feel for him too. Like, I, I mean, I, I see, I, I like that they're trying to keep him safe, but I feel like there should be a better way. Do you have a suggestion do you, I mean, maybe I don't know if there is a good answer, but do you have any ideas for how schools in general could make lunchtime easier for kiddos with food allergies? I'm wondering if they could like plan a day, even like one day a week that maybe if that friend was able to coordinate what they were taking for lunch or bringing for lunch, or if we knew it was cheese pizza day. Yeah. And maybe it was apples on the tray or something that then he could have somebody that would work out well. I'm trying to get up there and do lunches when I can. Yeah. Just somebody. But yeah, it's there are a lot of things I would like to see if we could kind of come up with a new idea for our food allergy kids. But I know there's... Well, and maybe as Landon gets more comfortable seeing people who, like you said, have beans on their plates and know yeah. that he can sit next to them. And maybe that'll just be some time as well. Yeah. Now, you said you're school black beans in our house for dinner last week and yeah. he had a really hard time understanding his brother sitting at the end of the table from him had beans on his plate and he was like mom this isn't this isn't gonna go well I'm gonna break no. out and we're like buddy it's gonna be just fine let's just you yeah. sit down on one end Hudson will sit at the other and it's gonna be fine yeah. uh, and it was so I'm hoping that too will kind of give him the confidence to I bet so. I bet so. And when you say, so is your entire school peanut free or just certain classrooms? Just certain classrooms. If the classrooms have a food allergy kiddo in it. So the kids in that classroom, they can still bring like peanut butter in their lunch. They just said, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's when I I had a hard time understanding. I feel like as a mom, I mean, I am a mom of kids that don't have food allergies and the picturing a little kid sitting by himself at lunch. I mean, it's not Three a big years. deal to not pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, I know there are certain things like the cheese and crackers that the rest of us might not know about, but I would be perfectly okay with just saying, okay, no peanuts in school. Now, I know people like to argue about everything, but like, I kind of feel like there's enough peanut allergies anymore that that could kind of just be off the table and make it a little easier it for was, those kids. It was one in 13 when we were diagnosed. Okay. Yeah, so, that's a lot. And it's got to be a little bit higher in the last eight years. And people will say like, well, why don't you take him and do the the TTC where you get a little bit of a peanut and you start to become um, less sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. And that would be a plan. We've also got the, you know, the we break out cross-contamination. He's actually never had a peanut himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um He's only had cross-contamination and breaks out. And it'll it'll be like a 21-day where his body has to go through this inflammation process. And then it's a long time. And for the longest time, he's also a sensory kid. I used to think the breakouts were what caused him to have his episodes of crazy. Is what Uh we kind of... Sure. And then we kind of realized like, okay, we've got the gut inflammation, the food allergy, and a little bit of hyper sensory system stuff kind of happening too. But if we can keep the gut happy and we figure out what he can't have, Mm -hmm. 
he's much more better behaved than sure. when he's yeah thrown into oh, this. I can imagine that for sure. Well, that and it's just I, I know one day you even came in and he like veggie straws had been a safe food. Oh my gosh, yes. And then they changed what was it with the veggie straws? The garden garden salsa, garden straws. Now so it's if they're in the grocery store, the regular grocery store, normal size packaging, it was fine. The ingredients were fine. We went to Costco, but the exact same type, but in the Costco bag, and yeah. they put in peas, pea protein. Now, crazy. peas or legume yeah. didn't check the ingredients there because... The same bag. We buy it. And we just finished a small bag. So I was like, you know what? Costco, there, we'll save some money. I now literally check every, no matter what, because you just never know. You just never know. And pea protein is a big one right now. Again, we break out to it. Mm-hmm. That is added in for plant protein, added protein, a healthier option, but it's in milk. Yeah. <laughs> it's added in milk all the time. Um, oh like milk. So yeah. How do you guys handle going out to eat? Is he able to go out to certain places or how do you do that? Originally, we started with like the top five restaurants that were safe to go for kids with food allergies. And Red Robin is like mm. one of the top options. Really? They're, okay. Cook things in a very sensitive manner um, and keep things separate. So that was our very first outing when he was two, maybe and a half. And then that became our spot. And then it was, goodness, like we went on vacation to Disney. Mm-hmm. I thought they do an excellent job for kids with food allergies. They go beyond to make the kids feel safe. Yes. And then we would test out little pizza places and we would break out. So then I would have to call and figure out what ingredients do you have? So in the future, like, was it the pizza? Was it a breadstick? And then we soon found out like, okay, this is where we can go eat pizza and the other places are off limits. And we just... Mm -hmm. Kind of seem heimstrung. Um, <laughs> we'll go to eat Mexican as a family, and he'll break out, and it's more of the beans in Mexican. Okay. He, will, he may have just chips and salsa, mm-hmm. or chicken nachos without beans, just cheese, chicken, and chips, and he'll break out. And it's usually because of maybe a dish, you know, mm. things sautéed, and then we throw something over. So we have to be more sensitive or aware, I guess, of where we're going and what the the kitchen is like. Yeah. So really we try to eat in a lot more because it's... Well, and I know that you always, and I I know you and I have talked because you have, like you mentioned, you're sensitive to gluten and dairy and I'm not eating gluten right now. And so I know you do a lot of your own cooking. Do you have a certain place you find your recipes or are you just kind of going on Pinterest or where do you get all of your good allergy-free... I think I used to find them on Pinterest. Now we have our set ones. Okay. So I just... Yeah, I usually find a recipe and then I know pretty much I figure out how to tweak it, I guess. Like if it's calling for peanut butter, I'm going to use sun butter. Sun butter, by the way, just came out with a chocolate version. So if you think like the Nutella of hazelnut, that's amazing. We don't don't do because the cross-contamination with tree nuts to peanuts. But we just tried out the chocolate sun butter this weekend because we noticed it was a thing and it's delicious. But we will substitute sun butter for peanut butter. There's honey in a a recipe. I will substitute maple syrup. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Gluten, I'll substitute our gluten-free flour. If eggs, because he's... 
he outgrew his egg allergy around three and a half, four years mm-hmm. old. And before that, though, I was substituting applesauce for eggs just to make mm-hmm. the recipes available. So it's really tweaking wherever we can just to make it acceptable for him. Any chocolate chips, chocolate in general, I use Enjoy Life chocolate chips. Even if there have been companies like Nestle, I think came out and came out with their version of a food allergy friendly. I just, we did not respond well to it. So I don't know. Possible cross-contamination you think? Okay. That's my thought. Yeah. Cross-contamination for him is a huge one. That's so Um, hard. Yes. And we have had, we went on vacation this summer and we stopped at an ice cream shop and I look at all the ice cream and this has become a thing that we don't typically do because I can't find an ice cream place that hasn't had the cross-contamination that is suitable for us. I've got really one place. We on vacation, there's not one peanut butter type of ice cream in the thing. There's mm-hmm. sorbet and there's ice cream. So I, as we're ordering, ask, can you please get a new scoop? And yep. can we sample or, you know, such and such. I think we got sorbet that day, a mango sorbet. So we get the sorbet within a couple minutes that we're eating this on vacation. He starts, I can see these little dots coming yeah. up on his face and neck. And then he starts, mom, my throat's kind of, it's getting harder. It just feels itchy. Well, we typically carry Benadryl. I probably have like three things of Benadryl when we go on vacation and then our EpiPen. This particular day, I didn't have our Benadryl. I left the bag at the house and we go find a place. We get children's Benadryl, get them going with it. It resolves by the time we make it back to the house. I think I give him just a few, another milliliter because I did the smallest um, Mm -hmm. for him and it cleared up. Three days later, we go back to the same ice cream place and I just start talking to the manager and they're like, nope, well, you know what? We'll open you up a brand new container. I'm like, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we open up a brand new container, get a new scoop, but he had the exact same reaction again. Huh. So it's wherever the ice cream is being made, I guess, was cross oh, okay. that they didn't have. But that day, <laughs> Landon said, you know what, mom? Can you just open me up an ice cream shop where you make food allergy friendly ice cream for food allergy kids like me? Oh, and I was oh, That's so sweet, but that's actually a brilliant idea. It is so much. He drew out like an ice cream airstream for me. He picked out flavors on vacation of what he wanted. We even had like this whole business plan and then bought a Cuisinart ice cream maker. We like upgraded ours. And I've been making ice cream three times a week minimum since we came back from vacation. I because that. Safe for him. I know the five ingredients that are in it. I know how to make him chocolate that he can have. And he's so excited about it. So that that's kind awesome. Of and he's got your entrepreneurial spirit. I love it. And yes. he's like, I'm just going to make my own business. I'm going to do yes. this right. Well, now he like wants to sell it. And I'm like, hold your horses. Cause yeah. we'll, we'll like, sell it for goes. millions and move on to my <laughs> yeah. next thing. Yeah, I'm like, this is really my love for you is why this is happening. Oh, so how do you guys deal with... So Landon and his brothers are very involved in sports, have lots of friends, like so sporting games, you know, post-game snacks, going to friends' houses. How do you work around those issues? Oh, well, (laughs) I always have snacks in my bag Mm because at the ages they're at, parents still bring snacks at the end of games. Sure. So he always looks at me or brings over whatever they handed out and says, can I have this? Mm -hmm. Which is great. I love him for that. 
If it's a no, I have options in my bag. I said, you can trade it out for A or B. And he'll trade it out. And then I just put the extras in my bag and put it in the box for the other kids in the pantry. Okay. Um, if it's a birthday party, I always have frozen cookies in my freezer that are ready to go in case we get asked to a birthday party last minute. Uh-huh. Um, baseball games are harder because there are peanuts and it used to scare me so much because when he was a toddler, he would try to pick them up off the ground oh, yeah. as a kid does, picks everything up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I think this summer, we sat on bleachers by peanuts and we did okay, which kind of gave me hope because we've not taken to him. We've not taken him to a like a Royals, Kansas City Royals mm-hmm. baseball game because I've been so nervous about what would happen. Well, I didn't even think about that, though, but there are there's peanut shells everywhere. Everywhere. But I think with the open air with it, he did yeah. fine. So Good. hopefully do that this coming summer. But yeah, I just I try to be prepared as much as I can with having goodies on hand for him. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case, especially birthday parties, because I never want a parent and they're so sweet. They're like, what can I get Landon? I appreciate somebody taking the time to even ask, mm-hmm. but I would rather be safe than sorry. So I always say like, I'll just bring him something. And they're like, no, 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 we'll just get him something. Hands down the sugar cookies with the frosting and sprinkles on top that you get from Hy-Vee or Price Trap or any of the grocery stores have been cross-contaminated with other cookies. Mm-hmm. He breaks out. The cookie cakes with the chocolate chips that are, I mean, they're delicious. I love a good cookie cake, but he breaks out to it. Cakes are like pretty much cross-contaminated too. So it's just easier for a food allergy parent to bring their own stuff. So then we don't have to fight it for the the three weeks after the party. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that actually was a perfect segue into my next question because I was going to say, okay, so like I'm a parent of two kids that don't have food allergies and I was going to say, what advice can you give other parents to help these kiddos? So it sounds like one thing is let you help the parents. Yeah. Always ask. ask, It's appreciated. Right. I love it because I'm like, oh, they're thinking about my kid. And then they're thinking outside the box of the snacks, maybe that might be there that like, oh, this might, maybe we should have like a safer snack too. Or I'll even offer like, can I bring a snack to help contribute to the party? But then be okay with the food allergy parent bringing something. It's not a diss to the kids that don't have food allergies. It's just for our sanity that we don't have something happen while we're not there or for us to not have to deal with the aftermath later. Perfect. And what about at school? I mean, do you feel like there's anything that parents can do at school to help? I mean, other than maybe not send their kids with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch. Is there (laughs) anything else that a parent or another kid could do to help? I think when it comes to holiday parties, like our holiday party had um, a holiday fall mix in a bag. And to me, that's the hardest thing for the kiddo because cross-contamination, right? So even though if like the parents are like, well, we got pretzels, we got marshmallows, we've got candy corn, we've got, I think it was chocolate chips. And then there was something else in it. As the food allergy parent, depending on what brand of pretzels it is, could be made or processed in a peanut factory. So the pretzels would be out. The marshmallows are typically fine for us. The chocolate chips are a no-go. So I always supply our own. Candy corn has honey in it. So that's a no. And so when I showed up, I think I had asked, like, could you keep one bag separate and just I'll make Landon's. I always try to get to the parties so I can make it. But they had all of them prepped ahead of time. 
So then I came in and then just made him his own and kept out anything and looked at ingredients that I could look at or sent our own. But I think for holiday parties, if you can keep food separate, so then parents of food allergy kiddos can put together their own so their kids still feel special. Because right now, like we have food at holiday parties. We don't have food on birthdays. They get like pencils and erasers. Yeah. Sun butter is a great option Okay, for for kids. It's a top eight allergen friendly butter. It is different than peanut butter. So I do understand like people trying to just switch automatically can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, But sun butter, actually, I actually need to write them because when we were in preschool and I noticed the peanut issue with the parents there are very for when he was two sun butter donated the company donated samples upon samples and oh, huge wow. boxes to our preschool which was amazing oh, cool. so that parents would have little tiny options to create some sandwiches for their kids while we were at school there it was like a whole year supply plus amazing. yeah it was awesome well and one other thing that i feel like this i mean i feel like this has been so helpful is for a lot of reasons but i think just for people to realize how much more is involved than just like, okay, he can't have peanuts or whatever milk or whatever that kid's allergy is. And I feel like most parents, I would hope are pretty understanding, but there's always going to be those parents that are like, Ugh, why can't we have nuts in class and things like that. And I feel like this is very eye opening to realize like, you're not just doing this to be difficult. This is a huge thing for your kid and all the amount of work that you're going to. And just the fact that you said like, a brand new carton of ice cream may have been contaminated. Yeah. Like this is a big thing. And so, you know, maybe it's a tiny, tiny, mild inconvenience for another parent, but this is huge for you and your family. So that's one reason I wanted to do this was so people could maybe if they were on the fence about being supportive, like let's be supportive of these families. You guys are doing enough work here because that's it's a a lot but you're doing amazing i can't tell you guys how many times amanda would come in and she'd be like like my favorite were those sweet potato like she'd come in and she'd be she'd have this treat and it would be amazing and it would be free of everything it was like i don't even know how you made it come together it was free of gluten free of dairy and free of peanuts and all these things but because of eight years probably of work and working on those recipes and so Good for you as a mama. Way to represent all those food allergy mamas out there. Do you have any last tips for parents, educators, anybody else out there in the world who is around kids? Because like you said, one in 13. And is that just peanut or is that food allergy in general? That was peanut back when we got diagnosed. Because I feel food allergy in general, it'd be one in very Yeah, the judgment with peanuts, because people will be like, oh, it's because you didn't feed your kid peanuts early enough, you know, when they started eating food. And I'm like, the research I've done, my mother-in-law has a peanut allergy, and it'll skip a generation. Mm You have a 50% chance, from what I understand, when it skips a generation of developing food allergies. And we've got three kids. So the fact that one has it, there we go. There's our numbers. So. Well, and really, why would anyone, I mean, and I know people do, but why would they spend any time judging you on, I mean, first of all, it's not right. But second of all, like, what? Just support the other mom. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. Just be as supportive as you can. Give them grace because half the time, food allergy parents are constantly running through ingredients in their head and be like, oh, I can't remember if that popsicle has that in it. 
do you mind if I, can I check the box? And it's not a diss towards you as the thing that brought the snack. Think about popsicle. We're just, I need to know, did honey get put in as a sweetener? So it's, yeah, everybody just give everybody grace and hopefully smiles in the world will go around a lot brighter. (laughs) No, I totally agree. Okay. Well, thank you so much for educating us on this today. And I hope all the moms listening, if anyone's on, anyone was on the fence about supporting these food allergy mamas, I hope you have convinced them. You, I was already there, but I'm even more convinced. So I, now you were here last week. So I asked you my question last week about if you had a whole day, where would you go? And what would you do? And you answered for yourself. So I'm going to change it just a little bit. So you don't answer the same question twice. So this time your family is going with you. And if you had a whole day, you guys as a family could go anywhere you wanted and do whatever you want. Where would you go and what would you do? Our favorite place to go as a family is Hilton Head Island in South Carolina. The smiles on the kids' faces while we're there. It's the greatest feeling in the world as a parent. I mean, we wake up, we watch a sun, the sunrise all together. The kids get to build in the sand. We go for bike rides. We watch gators. We look for sharks. It's just... It's our favorite place. And if we could live there, we would. Yeah. We've asked multiple times, like, mom, Starbucks is hiring. I think you can get a job here. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll look into that. But it's always where they want to go whenever we get we get a break or get to go on vacation. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your and Landon's story today. And I will, again, put in the show notes where listeners can reach out to you about your business or food allergy info. And we will, again, just thank you so much for opening our eyes to all these issues. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Heather. Hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace out, pelvic posse.